0: spookiest salutations, kids. Uh, Welcome to another episode. I'm your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles.
1: And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And And this is is my my spooky gay family. Woo.
0: Hello, Sam Baxter.
1: Hello, Pissy (laughs) Mouth.
0: Did you notice that recently you've gone back to your old ways?
1: No, what did I do?
0: In the intro, you keep, like, like, leaning back away.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't remember, Sam and I had a conversation where she admitted that for some reason... She always wants to, like, let me take the lead in the intro. And so she, like, kind of, like, lets herself fall back. And I was like, no, this is your podcast, too, Sam Baxter. So you have to join me. And you have to enjoy it. (laughs) How are you doing? Are you enjoying your day? Yes, are you? I am. It's actually been kind of a good day. I've been doing some sewing and uh, just kind of crafty stupid drag queen stuff and then obviously getting to do this which has been fun mm-hmm. what did you do today
1: um basically i listened to our podcast and then i came here and we started recording <laughs> our podcast why were you listening to our
0: podcast sam baxter
1: i don't know because you might have something to do with the episode we're doing today oh are we doing a special kind of episode i think you might be.
0: <laughs> we are kids welcome 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 this is of course uh a newer episode uh in terms of 2021 being upon us we thought it was it was probably a good idea to wrap up 2020 it was probably nice to be able to put everything to bed and say you know what we did it we made it through we're some of the lucky few who survived <laughs> 2020 with uh, all 10 fingers and all 10 toes so We thought it might be fun if today we kind of revisited some of our favorite moments from the past year. These are all going to be moments from our episodes that we happen to love. And we asked you what your favorite moments were. We are doing a a clip show. a, A nice little assemblage of moments that happen to be some of our favorites over the past year. These are going to include shows that we did um, on, on our main episodes. They are going to include many, micro microsodes. They are going to include Patreon exclusive shows. So... While we will not be playing the entire episode, you will get to hear clips from uh, our episodes that are only available on Patreon. And if you like them, maybe you should consider heading on over and making 2021 uh, a very spooky gay year. (laughs) Shameless. It's not shameless. How dare you? It is an <laughs> invitation. That is what it is. Uh, besides, if, if we got to keep promoting ourselves, don't we?
1: Yes, I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to say it. Um, but yes, we are going to spend today revisiting some of our favorite moments over the last year. There have been a lot of very funny moments, if I do say so myself.
1: Yeah, it wasn't hard actually to find to find a couple.
0: It was actually harder for me to decide which ones we didn't want to include because we did a lot of like, we combed through a lot of different episodes. We included, uh, all kinds of things that, and there is one joke that like probably could have been included, but it was in such fragmented sections that we, uh, because a lot of people requested, uh, the hamster
1: yeah <laughs> and a lot of people were a lot him. of
0: people said they loved the legal hamster and believe me he was very flattered that you asked about him <laughs> um but we we thought we knew when we said it and we went to try and find it and Jesus Christ! Did we spend a lot of hours <laughs> trying to figure out where we said it? And finally, it got to the point where like we were like, okay, we reference it in this episode, but we it's not the first incident, so we can't like we can't say that's it. And we we're like, and we reference it in this episode, but we don't reference it in this episode. But that's the one I thought it was. And blah 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 blah. We were going back and forth. It was this like chaotic, nonsensical mess. And finally, we were like, fuck it. We're just not going to include the hamster because we can't find the motherfucker. And then literally. <laughs> (laughs) today i was sitting in in my sewing room i was working on a dress and i was playing through um the worst witch episode Mm -hmm. because i was like there are a a lot of moments in there we might want to include so i was like i was listening to it while i was sewing and fuck me the hamster was in that episode (laughs) and i texted david and i was like i found the fucking hamster i found him (laughs) I, i saw him six times uh and we did. So if you want to, he is not included in the clip show, but if you want to revisit the moment when the hamster was introduced to the podcast, when we introduced you to our legal hamster, uh, it is in the Worst Witch episode. I can't remember. What, it might have just been called the Worst Witch.
2: I
1: think it was just called. No, it's um. Has Anybody Seen My Tambourine? It is.
0: It's Has Anybody Seen My Tambourine? Uh, I believe it came out in August it was around yeah, that it was area in August, I think. and um the legal hamster is introduced at about 13 minutes it's 13 and change but if you start at the 13 minute mark you'll hear the very first hamster <laughs> reference and we reference we the because the first time we reference him it's very much in passing and then uh, like 2 minutes later i think it's at like the 15 minute mark mm-hmm. that's when we start making the jokes about the hamster and yeah. that was the first time the legal hamster made an appearance on the podcast so you can find him in the 13 minute mark and the 15 minute mark in has anybody seen my tambourine
1: there you have homework now we get see yeah
0: we did all the work and we're still giving you homework <laughs> so that said i figured it would be fun if we just jumped right in with some clips yeah what let's go think? uh we're going to start uh, This is something that I think is necessary. You know, if we're going to start with a clip show, first of all, we should start with one that is fresh in our minds. Yes. Uh, And we should also start with one that includes a fan favorite guest star. (laughs) (laughs) You all asked ferociously for him. And so our first clip includes the one and only... (laughs) Bob. <laughs> this first clip is from uh, our, our most recent Thanksgiving episode it is called a Thanksgiving nipple belt and this has uh, this, this is probably one of my favorite Bob moments on the entire show uh, here you go give it a listen
1: this is reliable mm-hmm. um, he also had leggings made from human leg skin He had masks made from the skin of female heads. Oh, my God. He had Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. No. Mary Hogan's skull in a box. (laughs) Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. What's in the box? Yeah, basically. And he also had Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of his stove. There's no indication that he ate any of the victims, Mm -hmm. but it was there.
0: I assume to, and this is going to sound gross, to treat the skin there would be things to do in in the kitchen
1: i would guess
0: we warned you. Don't are you, are, don't look surprised. Oh we God. warned all of you. We said this is gonna be gross, and we lived up to our promises. Oh right no, it is,
1: gets better. Right now, right now it's really we haven't like,
0: even gotten to my favorite one.
1: It's like the SpongeBob meme where he's just saying like I I'm a head out like I,
3: I'm done.
1: That was a lot. Good oh God. God, what oh, have I but done? But we're up to the nine vulvas in a shoebox.
3: What? <laughs> 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 the what? In the what? Really and a partridge in a pantry so you can
1: see Bob's face <laughs> oh my
3: god they were like come do an episode
0: it'll be fun come do an episode Ed Gein had the weirdest 12 days of Christmas oh Jesus <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Jesus! nine vulvas <laughs> in a shoebox god. what <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the the geese <laughs> Jesus,
1: sorry. They're in the (laughs) other. Okay, we're almost done. We're almost done. Uh, Oh,
0: we are not.
1: Um, they also found a young girl's dress and the vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old.
0: That's awful. Yeah.
1: A belt made from female human nipples, which is (laughs) Sissy's favorite one. I'm like
0: (laughs) Not in actuality. It is like the idea of a nipple belt. ...is funny, but not when it's real nipples.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Okay. But
0: I would buy... If, if it was, like, mass-produced foam nipples, I would have six of them. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'd have one in every size. <laughs> poor Bob.
1: <laughs> we mean poor Bob. We warned him.
0: We did warn him, but it was, like... I wish you all could have seen the look on his face cuz Sam mentioned it briefly in the clip but it's like Bob's face went like stark white yeah. and his eyes doubled in size <laughs> it was like it was like a vegan's worst nightmare he really
1: did look like he was going to be sick but it was kind of funny it was
0: so funny and he uh, he ended up really loving the episode and like had a great time but i remember at the time bob was just like absolutely not he i've never seen bob So disgusted in my life, and it was one of my favorite things. (laughs) So uh, that kind of leads us to our next clip. Um, This one does not have Bob, but one of the joys of doing this podcast is getting to chat with so many different people. Um we this year we we did uh, an episode called Spooky Gay Horror Queers and this was a really wonderful crossover that we got to do with our friends uh, over at Horror Queers. We have uh Joe and Trace over at at Horror Queers that we really enjoyed getting to chat with and we got to chat with them about a lot of different shit regarding like queer theory and horror. <laughs> <laughs> But this was one of our favorite clips. Uh, I hope you like it. Do you guys have a favorite queer horror icon?
2: Joe, do we have the same one? I mean, you know, I, hey, like, I mean, you go She's first. Not... Because Trace is just going to list a, a, a bunch like of bitches. He's got like 15 bitches that he's going <laughs> to list off now no I mean because she's not queer. I mean again like like, my favorite horror franchise is Scream and I would be nothing Mm -hmm. if I wasn't if it wasn't for Gail Weathers like I'm sorry but like she's not a queer person but she is 100% a queer icon and I think is I mean outside of Kevin Williamson you know being the essentially the creator of the franchise and I know we have to say Wes Craven's the creator of Scream but (laughs) you know Williamson wrote it Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah, I fucking out of Weathers, man. I I I, can't, I I I strive to be her on a daily basis.
0: I will I will agree with that, and I'm even gonna throw in someone from that franchise because Scream is one of our very favorite franchises mm-hmm. as well. All of our listeners know we we talk about Scream <laughs> all the fucking time, but um, someone I'm gonna throw in from the Scream franchise who is absolutely like a thousand percent a gay icon is Jennifer, a hundred percent through.
2: Oh, Jennifer Jolie?
0: <laughs> oh, yes. She is 100% a gay icon. Name someone who's not a gay icon that, like, delivers a dramatic line reading and then jumps into their security guard's arms. That is a gay person.
2: I think An if you icon. put Parker Posey in any movie, it automatically makes the movie queer.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Parker Posey. I remember one time, it, 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 I don't know why she's coming up so much on this episode, but um, David and I went to see Jackie Beat at the Laurie Beachman Theater in New York City, and she is friends with Parker Posey, and I guess Parker Posey was in town, and she was like sitting at the table behind us, and David and I, like, the whole show were like, white-knuckled at the table, like, do you know who's sitting behind us? (laughs) And like wanted to go up and say hi after but didn't want to be those like fangirling like assholes and so we we didn't say anything but it was one of those things where i was like oh my god i got to be in the same room as parker posey
2: i would i breathed her air
0: i (laughs) breathed her air i did breathe her air (laughs) what about you joe do you have a, a queer horror icon i
3: i do and mine is actually another badass bitch i was struggling to think about it for a moment and then i realized oh god of course it's Julia Cotton from Hellraiser. Mm. Oh, yeah. That is a good I choice. I love her. She is so badass. I love that she does everything for a good fuck. And it's like, what's, what's more queer than that? Like, willing no. to kill because I got some good D. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you go, Julia. Now, does
2: it say something that us, so, us two gay men are like, oh, yeah, the queer icons we love are these badass women. It's not like an actual, like, queer character in horror it's just these (laughs) badass women and that's a branch off of though of why i think the queer community embraces horror is because it's full of so many strong sometimes villainous women and it's just you love to see it who gets killed
0: next in stab three (laughs) you do (laughs) Jennifer Tully is clearly a queer icon, and I'm so glad that uh that we got to talk about it with them.
1: <laughs> I do My love... lawyer likes that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my lawyer. My my favorite was, and we used this in one of our memes that we made for the twi- the uh mm-hmm. the Donald Trump shit, uh the election bullshit. Uh it's when she goes, What the fuck happened to you? <laughs> Like, one of the best moments in any Scream movie ever. (laughs) And I know that a lot of people have a distaste for Scream 3, but I have a soft place in my heart for it. That's fair. Um, What do we have next, Sam Baxter? uh,
1: Next, we have a clip from a Zoom seance with Jed Shepard, which is um, an episode we did shortly after the movie Host came out, um, where we were very fortunate to talk to Jed Shepard, who is one of the producers, Um, which was super fun. And we had a great time. So have a listen.
4: It really isn't. It's we've worked at it for years. And it's just all been announced now.
0: Exactly. And that was part of what really impressed me so much about host. I was like, wow, not not only did you find a way to reinvent found footage in a way that was relevant to today, you actually took a situation that everyone is kind of stuck in and you yeah. made the perfect horror movie for it, which I was like, I was like, how did you manage to put together everything that was going on right now and also reinvent uh, a genre <laughs> that was kind of falling apart?
4: <laughs> it's, no, it's weird because like, I am almost uh, on an annoying level, like obsessed with, the real specifics of horror Mm. and I study every horror film and like anything that I like, any scare that I like, I go back and I watch frame by frame a million times until I understand how they did it, why they did it. Um, So in my mind, I have like a deck of just amazing kind of scares that the Mean Rob wanted to do. So when it came to hosts, we were just like, we just plucked it out of our like internal kind of like, database system of like cool things we want to do in a film and we stuck them all into host mm-hmm. so we were like and i i'm i'm just i just want to set people on fire and levitate people and every <laughs> film me every film me and rob do i'm like okay we need to levitate someone and set someone finally fire like we can't do that again <laughs> like, you yeah, know we need to so um and i really wanted to set one of the girls on fire but they wouldn't let me so um <laughs> we set Kelly on fire instead i love um, that that was your
0: criteria did you ever think you would have that much in common with the united states president <laughs> i just want to levitate people and light them on fire why is this such a big deal <laughs> Exactly. And,
4: and, I, and i drink chloroquine whatever it's called every single day um no but we but we just like like I'm just a massive horror fan. Like first and foremost, before any kind of filmmaker status, I'm just a massive horror film fan, and I just want to be entertained by horror. And yeah. I, wanna, I want to I want because I'm I'm a person who's I sit in the cinema. I'm, I'm part of the audience. I want to be amazed what, with what I see on screen. I don't want to be bore to death with some kind of slow burn horror. I want exactly. to see crazy, cool things. But I leave the cinema and I'll be on the phone to a friend going, "You cannot believe what I've just seen. It's amazing. <laughs> you need to see it." So, so I put all that stuff in into this, and like me and Rob is exactly the same, and um, and yeah, and just the fact we got to do it with our friends as well, which is ridiculous. And it's because of this like lockdown, we didn't have to go and like audition people. We could just say to Shudder, "Look, we we said to Shudder." we've only got two words, zoom seance. We're going to use all of our mates. We want all the, all of the control. We, we get saying everything that happens, you just give us the money. And they were like, cool, cool. <laughs> and they just, and the and thing is like, it can't be underestimated how much they took a chance on us. Um, cause we hadn't made a full feature film before. <laughs> uh, well, I think
1: that chance is paying off so, a little now.
4: <laughs> I mean, so they, they've told us we're the biggest ever film by, by a long shot. And, um, yeah, we're in the good books, basically.
0: <laughs> to be fair, it was also on my 2020 wish list to levitate <laughs> someone and light them on fire.
1: <laughs> a very specific person.
0: Uh, one in particular. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Bob. Um, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, such a, it was such a joy to get to talk to Jed because not only was he like really passionate about horror as a genre, but he was, like, funny and kind and sweet. I have nothing but nice things to say about him. He was just the sweetest.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, it was just a really lovely time.
0: It was a really great time to get to talk to him. And, like, so no- I'm so excited to see what he and, and the other writers and and producers and performers in that movie uh, are planning for the future. Because, like he said, they got a three-picture uh, deal with Blumhouse after yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's going like, cool it's going to be so good. He said, we have a lot to expect, uh, and I cannot wait to see what it is. Um, and speaking of friends of ours who are really wonderful filmmakers. Yes. We also got a chance to sit down with two of our really, really wonderful friends, uh, Tyler Jensen and Roman Camienti, who were the, uh, directors, producers, overall putting togetherers of (laughs) the really amazing, uh, film, uh, my Nightmare on Elm Street, or Scream Queens, Scream, Scream Queen. Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. I just had a fucking stroke. Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. And it was a really, really amazing documentary that they produced about Nightmare 2. Um, yeah. And everything that happened with Mark Patton and, and all of that. So uh, we pulled a little clip from that episode, and we think you'll like it. Take a listen.
5: Fox was there. Um Joanne Willett was there. So there was a bunch of us that we all finally got to meet in person. Yeah. And we sat down in a coffee shop and just spoke for hours about, let's base this off of Madonna's blunt ambition. <laughs> <laughs> sounds silly, right? But that's what we like did. How many, um, you know, how many gay see. levels can we get into this that.
0: documentary? <laughs> that is
3: exactly how he pitched pitched it to me in that mm-hmm. first meeting. He's like, I want to make the gay spooky truth or dare.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm.
3: And I was like, I gotta go watch that.
0: And you know what? <laughs> having, oh, having like, looking back on it now after I've watched the film, I definitely see that. Mm. I definitely see that element of it. And I think it it really it's a credit to you that, like, it wasn't overtly that, but that I can see the influence in it.
5: I mean, it probably would have been more overt had he been doing, like, songs on stage and <laughs> cut away to concert Fair material, right. but... We had Freddie to cut back and forth into and, you know, there's – Madonna gave you a lot. If you haven't seen that, you really have to see it. But Oh, it's – I think any – especially
0: if you grew up in like the 90s, any gay kid watched Truth or Dare. Like every right. gay kid. And yeah. for nothing else than to know that she was surrounded by gay men all the time totally. and you were like, right. oh,
5: there's gay men on screen. I can watch it The this. first time you, we, get, we really got to see Gay men Kissing was on that show. Really? Yeah. It was huh. the first time it was ever really like.
0: I guess so. I, I, it's so hard to like look back on it and remember a time when like queer people weren't just like making out on TV.
5: Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> For me, I was like a junior in high school. Yeah. That, so that comes out and we were just blown away. Not just that, but the whole, the the, the glitter of all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. She really, so that was, Mark is the one that was like, he brought that up. That's kind of what he wanted to do. And he was like, we, we should tell a tale like that. Let's go on the road and do this. So when I said, yeah, that's a great idea. And we talked for hours, worked out all the details. And then he's like, okay. He orchestrated this upcoming reunion show and got all the cast to mm-hmm. come. Or, you know, got them to bring them all. And we're like, okay, they're all in one place. <laughs> so right. what we're going to mm-hmm. do is just jump at it, see what we can get. If we get what we hope we can get, then we have a movie. If we don't, well, no one will know, you know.
3: <laughs> you know? Right, right.
5: <laughs>
0: so you be you kind of – did you assume the title of director at that point when you were like, okay, I have this idea for a new direction?
5: Yeah, the entire thing was just – uh, the way that I kind of go about working is let's just throw everything in there and see what's going to happen and we'll mm-hmm. work out formalities afterwards. You know, like I'm yeah. just charging everything on my credit cards. Like, let's get plane <laughs> tickets, let's get equipment, let's get this. Just covering your eyes with one yeah. hand and like, oh god, here right. we go. Oh, they totally As, as Kim <laughs> Petrus would say, don't fight it. Close your eyes and swipe out. That's <laughs> exactly what was happening. And then my credit card company called and they're like, actually <laughs> we, uh, like days before we all had to go, they're like, let lower that limit huh yeah yeah. so it you know but i yeah homophobic totally totally (laughs) don't we know we're making art (laughs) i think i said that you should have heard me i I was like but i've got this big thing happening it's gonna be amazing they're like i don't care (laughs) that's not how this works so the whole thing was like we just kind of had to just believe that we had something here we did not you know like reach out to any of the actors and say hey we're coming get ready nobody nobody was prepped oh wow so they had no idea Nothing. all this was going to
0: happen Mm-mm.
5: right we didn't we didn't want anybody to rehearse that makes sense That's a good point. yeah and
0: especially it's being really kind <laughs> But especially, not, I mean, not to give anything away, but knowing what happens in the fi- in the film and the progression of events, you wouldn't want to give them too much time to kind of think of how to address it. You want the most genuine,
5: mm-hmm. straightforward response to the story. Because on one hand, we were thinking, oh, it would be awesome if we could get people to talk about things and be allies. But it would be also awesome if people weren't.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I mean, better that they all are. Yeah, um, but
0: better from a filmmaker's
5: perspective. <laughs> <dramatic> <laughs> yeah. It's not bad if they're not. Exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to, just I don't know. I, I think people feel put on the spot. Especially with that topic. now this is a big thing. So this is 2015. right Being a right. gay horror fan is not something that you talked about. It wasn't it wasn't a thing mm-hmm. you know Like that's why we bonded so quickly is because I'm like, oh, it's a fellow clan member that we have no official party to be a part of. like yeah. they, so saying we're gonna go talk to these to Robert England about gay stuff is like, what?
0: (laughs) And by the way, Sam said, like, no, she said, and I totally agreed. It was so great to hear him talk about this stuff in the film, because it was like, oh, my God, I liked him for being Freddy Krueger. But now I love him for being Robert England, because he had such insightful things to say.
3: Uh, He, He was amazing. He, I mean, at every convention, he is the one who has the longest line. And By the grace of God, for some reason, this particular convention was not fully attended. Mm -hmm. So the last day we were there, it was almost empty. Wow. And he had time to step away. And he's like, I'll give you 10 minutes. And then we start talking and it's like almost an hour. Oh, wow. And he's just riffing on all these topics. And it's like, I've never heard him talk about all the things he talks about in this film he doesn't like to talk though like i mean i've oh i've God. seen him at he, he, he really likes to talk he, to is, oh, yeah. perfect, he
0: is
1: a chatty cat. it's almost right. like he played freddy krueger for a right. reason it's like, like it's almost like that was good casting right. he is monologuing everything
0: <laughs> it's still like i almost can't i can't fathom the fact that like Truth or Dare was so much of an influence for the making of that movie. Because, like, I mean, have you ever seen Truth or Dare? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. It's like, until they said it, I wouldn't have noticed it. But then I was like, oh, wow, there is, like, stylistically so much... There are so many comparisons to make. You should watch it. It's really good. I know you're not, like... You, I know you're a fan of Madonna, but not, like, a, an Uber fan. But it's it's fun to watch. It's, it's very interesting. Um... And I really loved that. I loved that documentary. That was like probably that was one of my favorite things we watched this year. I think.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really kind of it's it's weirdly heartbreaking on top of being just a really cool, sort of slice of life for Mark Patton. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I it didn't do- because
0: in the gay community, Nightmare Two is always kind of thought of as. Like a fun little like we're like oh it's so gay it's so gay it like didn't occur to me how awful it was for him at the time and and for so long afterward yeah um and so I still I still joke about it but with the knowledge that like it's not all fun and games it's not all yeah. silly so uh. There's that. <laughs> that was a nice little downer for you. <laughs> sorry. That <laughs> no, wasn't that. Um, and speaking of downers, let's talk about dad. So, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. He's gonna be so him. thrilled. with I'm, this kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm um, kidding. But l- truth, l- truly, 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 let's talk about dad because we have a we have a bunch of dad. You guys all wanted to hear clips of dad and with dad not uh about dad what am i saying yeah i think about dad about dad um he has never been on the podcast as of yet knock on wood it'll happen soon um (laughs) but we had a we had a fun little moment with him in our episode called full nutty uh and we we told this little story i i think you guys will enjoy it here you go the
1: west wing like had a big part in shaping kind of how I expect my government to work. And it's a completely idealized format of it. And I completely yeah. understand that it is unrealistic to expect this, but like it, it a lot of sort of the ideals I got from the West wing and I, I'm perfectly comfortable saying that <laughs> dad will use it against me in an argument next week. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: I'm very curious. I have not talked to him recently about whether or not he's continued to listen to the podcast. And so I'm very interested to find out if he's if he's still listening have you asked him
1: <laughs> I haven't asked him and I haven't received <laughs> any text messages asking me to not talk about things so one day we should just
0: know. we should just like sneak attack him and while we're recording just get him on speakerphone
1: he's probably home right now I know
0: but it's it's almost eight o'clock at night he's been asleep for hours
1: no he has not <laughs> He has to stay up and, and, and cuddle Loki, who is now his favorite child. Kevin's dog, Loki, has replaced all of us <laughs> as the apple of it's our true. father's What's eye. What's the
0: phobia for my father loves his pets more than me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> loki lovephobia.
0: phobia loki a phobia Yeah,
1: no. <laughs>
0: uh
1: I feel like this is actually more fun to just make up new phobia names. It's like it's like making up drag names except it's a lot easier because it's funnier the the, the more direct they are.
0: I know. It just it, I I'm having a ball coming up with phobia names.
1: <laughs> what the hell
0: was I talking about?
1: Um dad. And then before that. I don't have a phobia of dad. No, that's good. That's 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 good. Um <laughs> I'm so tired I'm sure he's I'm <laughs> sure
0: he'd be happy to hear it too that I don't have that I'm not <laughs> terrified of him anymore. Any, well, I was never afraid of him. It was just that uh, I no, I liked I to it I liked to challenge him, <laughs> <laughs> as all children do. I'm pretty sure every one Dad of Dad's had my gray son hairs, is an assholephobia. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think every one of his gray hairs are my fault. I think I did that. For I him. mean,
1: there are four more of us. Like, you can't take credit for all of them.
0: I don't think you gave Dad any gray hair. I totally did. No.
1: Yes, I did. What? Which gray hair is yours? I was the first one to come out. So, his initial my kid is gay panic was my gray hair. (laughs) It has my name stenciled on it. The someone's gonna kick the crap out of my kid for being a queer gray hair that's my hair. (laughs) I own it.
0: All right. Well, I guess I can give you that one. But he's got, well, I was gonna say he's got so many hairs, but I guess. (laughs) No, I'm I'm probably it's more in his beard. Though, I'm venturing into anyway. fantasy now.
1: <laughs> um, we love you. See, Dad.
0: there's another gray hair.
1: <laughs> Every episode of this podcast is one more gray hair. I
0: know, and we've got quite a few of this. We're at like forty something episodes. We're slowly turning his beard white. Uh, and it has been my life's mission, yes. to turn Dad into <laughs> prematurely gray. I don't have a phobia of Dad. <laughs> But I do have a phobia of some of the the text messages I will be getting <laughs> after he listens to this episode. And he's like, wow, they talked about me a lot.
1: But that's a rational fear.
0: That, that is a rational fear, I suppose. Uh, and speaking of uh, whether a fear is rational or not... That episode was called Full Nutty, and uh, that was probably one of my favorite phrases of 2020, because (laughs) 2020 really lived up to the phrase. (laughs) It was Full Nutty. Uh, So I thought it would be fun if we shared the clip where you shared Full Nutty with us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, all four of them. Have their own weird little like, oh, mama's having a full nutty. Let's go help her a out. full nutty. Yeah. <laughs> like... It sounds like a candy bar for
0: crazy people.
1: I'm having it's a accurate. full nutty.
0: It's... Care for a bite. <laughs> I hope you realize that you just renamed the episode.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so pleased. I can't I'm even having a you. full nutty. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs>
1: it sounds like
4: either
0: a candy bar for crazy people or a very strange sexual position. And I don't know which one.
1: <laughs> Let's go with candy bar. <laughs> I'm okay. What'd with What'd you candy do last bar? night?
0: Gave him the full nutty <laughs> ice,
1: ice cream novelty. I'll take any of that.
0: I'm I'm running as far as I can with the full nutty. This Fine. the rest of this episode, as far as I'm concerned, is is full on full nutty. You know where that came from? No.
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? Yes. Huh. I made you like something from Buffy.
0: I never said I disliked things from <laughs> Buffy. I just don't love it as a show.
1: <laughs> but that's what it is. So what if you don't love it as a show,
0: you don't love it. I don't love it on as a, as a complete thing. It's like I like little pieces of it, but I don't know. Like, it's not one of my favorite shows. Okay. That's what it comes down that's to. That's fine. I'm not terribly compelled by the story. That's fine. And you know what? (laughs) I still don't love it.
1: (laughs) Yes, but I made you like something from it. You did. And listen,
0: uh, there are things from Buffy that I do like. I just, for instance, Full Nutty. I love it. (laughs) And I, uh, it was so funny because uh, when we decided to put this clip in, I I had forgotten the extent to which we had spoken about Full Nutty. (laughs) And like... What that conversation entailed, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about like the idea of it being a sexual position." Really <laughs> tickles me. <laughs> like, oh yeah, kind of scares me. Frankly. Went to the movies last night and gave her the full nutty. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, it's such a gross, <laughs> like disgusting, foul thing to say. It really is. <laughs> and if I, if there's one thing you should know about me, it is that I really love disgusting humor (laughs) um and speaking of not only i I guess it's not dirty humor but it is uh it's a bit childish okay and definitely full nutty like this is a full nutty story uh and it entails someone very close to you does it? It certainly does. Oh no! <laughs> you, I think you know which one. I it think is. I, I.
1: think I know which one. This
0: it is. was from uh, a little episode called "Like a Coyote in a Trap," <laughs> <laughs> and this was a mini so that is only available on our Patreon. Uh, but we <laughs> we decided to uh, to talk about the election, and I don't know how it led to this, but it led to a little story about your wife. And yeah. this story about your wife not only renamed the episode, but probably stole the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy.
1: And they've chewed through their leash.
0: Yes, it is demonstrably awful. <laughs> <laughs> they've chewed through their leash. I know exactly who I you know, are referring exactly.
1: to. <laughs> um She's sitting on the couch right now, so if she doesn't want me to tell this story. She should indicate it. Um, she wasn't paying attention. Um, my well, wife, apparently, um, she was very small. Her mother put one of those kitty leashes on her and On her wrist.
0: On her, it, it shouldn't chew it off her, her back. Wrist. She's not a dachshund.
1: No, she, she chewed through it in order to escape. To escape. Like a coyote yes. in a trap. <laughs> Like a coyote in a trap. And like, here's the thing. You know how those leashes are held on? Like Velcro. Like I that's know. how it's like,
0: <laughs> like. Well, because to be to be fair, it's it's meant for small children who cannot operate such sophisticated. I know, sophisticated... But, like the fact
1: that she couldn't operate the cuff, so she decided to just chew, chew it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's
0: just be thankful she chose <laughs> the leash and not her wrist. <laughs> That is probably one of my favorite stories, <laughs> like, ever.
1: <laughs> it's a fun story.
0: Um, And the thing that I didn't know about it is that apparently this was another case of your wife just being far too literal.
1: Yeah. No, it definitely was Because what, what was the reasoning? Her reasoning was that she had been told not to take the leash off, but had not been, to, or she hadn't been told to take, she had been told not to take the cuff off. but she figured it didn't have to be attached to the tether. To the
0: tether. (laughs) So So she she just chewed through it. So she chewed through it. What I want to know is, what was her mother doing while she was chewing through her leash? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I can't imagine it was that quiet of practice. (laughs) It had to have been at least a little bit of like... Like there had to have been chewing noises.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking
0: of chewing noises, let's talk about the deeper inning.
1: (laughs) It's one of my favorite episode titles ever. It is
0: one of my. It is, of course, uh, stolen from Bob's Burgers. Yes. Uh, And we had a moment where we were talking about uh, Mrs. Kintner. Yes. Do you remember this? I do remember this. And I great. think, I. Th- let's see if you all remember it. Here, listen to this little clip about Mrs. Kindler.
1: <clears throat> anyway, back to Bruce, who is scarier than Brissetta. Bruce, um, Bruce is
0: scarier than everyone.
1: Yeah, Bruce is scarier than pretty much everybody except Robert Shaw. Um... <laughs> And possibly Mrs. Kintner. She's got a mean backhand. <laughs> that show's like, like, ow, why is she? I hit? would, I would not want to play tennis with Mrs. Kindner. Like, like that was some that was some Williams sister's they, nonsense know. when she hit fucking Detroit. Fuck, yeah, fuck like, Quint. They
0: should have just sent Mrs. Kintner out on a rowboat.
1: Yeah, I don't know why she's hiring people. They should have just given that lady a gun in a canoe. She, she turns into Joan it. Crawford. She's like, fuck you, you damn sharp. And like, then ow, Ripley ow, from Aliens. <laughs> That That's an interesting, I want to see that fan movie like uh, Mrs. Kintner takes, vengeance, Mrs. takes justice <laughs> into her own hands. She's
0: swimming in the water. like
1: <laughs> <laughs> With a knife in her mouth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the battle
0: of, of Mrs. Kintner. Can we please not forget this? Can we please make sure that at some point in the future, someone um, makes a fan film of Mrs. Kintner fighting the shark? <laughs> it has to happen. It has to happen. Wouldn't you pay good money?
1: I would I would pay more than good money.
0: I would give a tooth. <laughs> I'd, give it, I'd give a finger. Pick a <laughs> digit. I'll pay it. Um, and while we're on the deep running, uh, there is an in-joke from this podcast that has... It has just it has stayed relevant for so long this was well, it act- just
1: applies to so many things it really does
0: uh, and it is one of my favorite jokes it is actually a joke that i continuously brought up <laughs> and it is one that was widely requested so in our in honor of the, uh, the jaws episode we are going to share with you one of my favorite jaws quotes again here we go Mine happens to be one I've talked about extensively on this and podcast. and have explained
1: several times,
0: and it's the one where. See uh, if you can
1: say it before he. Does.
0: <laughs> where they think they caught the shark, and they're like, "So what kind of shark do you think this is?" And then Quinn's like, "Or not Hooper. Quinn Cooper." I always mix up their you names. Always say it. Cooper's like, "It's a tiger shark," and then the Butch guy is like, "A what?" <laughs> <laughs> it's the best line. Ever because this actor just queens out for like <laughs> literally I point want to 0.5 like, seconds. I want
1: to find this actor and send him like a My Spooky Gay Family achievement. Award. Can, <laughs> can we give him like a lifetime achievement? He award? has the
0: most appearances on My Spooky Gay
1: Family <laughs> of any more than it, more than Halloween, more than anything else. It's I this know this one dude
0: who no <laughs> one knows the has name been of. mentioned the most.
1: Like, if you happen to know this person, please tell, <laughs> please him, tell him we're you know, thinking Please of give him. us his address so we can send him a small statuette. <laughs> It just says hey queen calm down <laughs> what's in this box
0: it's a it's a statuette a a what? What? <laughs> i want you all to know that i tried desperately to find the actor's name
1: we <laughs> both so, that line we we both looked on IMDb like today trying to figure it out and could
0: not I, like he's not a He's not a his character doesn't have a name, so it's hard to figure out who it is. Uh, we will we will do some more deep diving and see if we can find <laughs> his name. <laughs> what do we have next Sam Baxter uh,
1: next we have a fan favorite. We had several requests for this one <laughs> um, we have had this quoted back to us several times on yes. social media
0: social media at sleepovers people talk about this line.
1: All All the time, time. all the time. So, um, with apologies to Charlotte Ray, (laughs) let's go ahead and just jump in
0: because it has so many people that we love in it, and it's such uh, obviously in our family. A, there are people we love and we stick by them, Mm -hmm. and B, we love a quotable movie. Yes, and this is a highly quotable, very quotable movie. (laughs) First
1: each, of, th- each of the first years receives her very... <laughs> <laughs> her very um, kitten. kitten. <laughs> it's
0: like the way Charlotte Ray says kitten. She's very excited about giving the first year girls their, like, witch's cat. And I guess it's like a familiar situation. Yeah. But she's like, every first year gets a kitten. And it's the most... <laughs> You have to see her face When she says it It's like pure joy And it's also In that Charlotte Ray Like every word has vibrato
1: Yeah know that
0: that's your favorite moment it in really the entire is.
5: movie. I
1: don't even know why it makes no <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's such like a small moment like it, it has no bearing on the plot. It's not even really a joke. It's not. It's just Charlotte <laughs> Rae's delivery of that line makes me just like pee myself laughing every single time. It
0: might have to be the outro. I'm still so <laughs> unsure. The, uh, there are I don't know what the outro is going to be yet because there are so many moments I want it to be. I don't know if it's going to be her very own kitten. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to be beat on it, Delilah. I don't know.
1: If it's going to be, that was Donna. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
0: Donna. Yes, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Hangs up the phone. That was Donna. (laughs) Donna. (laughs) <laughs> Manice. That's the best part too, because she's like, she's like all prim and proper yeah. and British, and she's like, "That was Donna." Manice. <laughs> Sounds like that's her last name. Like, <laughs> that was Donna Manice.
1: And then her 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 niece is from like the Bronx. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry about the
0: window, Auntie. She's
1: fucking Marissa Tomei from fucking. <laughs>
0: she flies through the window she's like my "My biological clock is ticking like this (laughs) that is to this day one of my very favorite (laughs) 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 I say that about everything I play I'm like that was one of my favorite but these really were like so wonderful and especially that episode it's called has anybody seen my tambourine and it is about the worst witch one of our favorite favorite movies and that moment (laughs) One of the most manic episodes because seriously
1: broke me. We just laughed
0: through the whole fucking thing because that movie is so fucking funny. Honestly, we would there are like six hundred moments from that episode we wanted to put in here, but we obviously couldn't include all of them. So I really think what I the only thing I can do is suggest that you all go back and listen to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fucking good. It was it was just so much fun to talk about that episode. Um and it was released on August 13th, 2020. So if you do want to go back and listen, that's kind of the the date you should be looking for. Um we uh, like I said, we couldn't include all of our favorite moments from that episode because it we really could have like for this show, we could have just re-aired the <laughs> the worst, the worst Witch episode, yet. but there was one more that I, I happen to love, <laughs> uh, and I don't want to give it away. So without further ado... <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he comes flying over and uh, he gets like four feet in front of the girls. And then one girl's like, I see the wizard. And we're like, yes, we know he's four feet away. <laughs> and he lands and he's very excited. He's like, Halloween is such a great celebration. Everything is wonderful. Anything can happen on
1: Halloween. Hit it! <laughs> and and he's just like... <laughs> and all I can think of is what Patricia Ryland. I know. <laughs> me up, lads. This is my only number. <laughs> Tim was ready to go. He was so ready.
0: (laughs) And he literally just screams, hit it to no no one. one. (laughs) Literally nobody. There's no band. There's no stage. There's no lights.
1: And what follows is a psychedelic (gasps) fever dream (laughs) of Tim Curry in front of a green screen with this fucking (laughs) camera.
0: With. ISIS, uh, the I's it's like the ISIS, whatever it's called, the like ISIS oh, cape, um, iris cape, ISIS cape. I don't, remember. I don't know. Um, but it, it, I think <laughs> psychedelic fever dream is the best way to describe this song because it is literally just a green screen mashup of the most random bullshit you can. <laughs> Imagine. And it's basically him being like, anything can happen on Halloween. The most bizarre shit can happen. He's like, anything can happen on Halloween. Your dog could turn into a cat.
1: The intern jumps in.
0: The intern's like, I'm on.
1: I got to sing with Tim Curry.
0: <laughs> but. There is, first of all, I want to say about, um, I want to say a few things about this song. First of all, Only a few. it has the best lyrics ever written for a <laughs> song ever. <laughs> Any song. There is no song that is better written. <laughs> we
1: weren't joking about this before. <laughs> and we said, like, <laughs> this guy who, who wrote this must have shown up to set. Like, the day it was supposed to be filmed. And then just look at him and go, we only have Tim for a day. So you need to write, the, we need the song right now. And he's like, I haven't started writing it yet. Was it was due
0: Tuesday. It was supposed
1: to be on Tuesday. <laughs> well, today is the only day we have Tim. So we need it in 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's the only way to describe this.
0: It's ridiculous. <laughs> the the song, first of all, it's the most dated song that has ever been written he's like anything can happen on Halloween VHS cassette tapes and records and eight tracks he's like like, everything literally everything that happened in the 80s he describes in this song but then he he delivers the best three lines (laughs) of any song ever (laughs)
1: And they are <laughs> a dramatic reading by myself.
0: Anything could happen on Halloween. Your dentist could turn into a queen. Has anybody uh, modulation? Has anybody seen my tambourine? Dan. I, I might start playing <laughs> Begin the, the Begin. And I'm like, happening! This is chaos!
1: And what the fuck is a begin? <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> Let's begin the begin, it's the song! <laughs> and it's like, who put acid in Tim's Coke that morning? You have such a way of describing things that really tickles me. Psychedelic fever dream is like the best. <laughs> you can't there's no better way to describe what that song is.
1: It is just it's truly. just the whole thing is like, not to rehash, but like, that's exactly what it is. It really it's just is. Like, like someone took peyote. And, and like.
0: It's like one of those videos from Japan that was giving kids seizures. It was just that. It was like, nah. like what, what are we watching, Tim? What is this? And it was like the best kind of crazy. It, it really was, was the best kind of crazy. Um, and speaking of the best kind of crazy, let's talk about one of our favorite ladies. Okay. Uh, I I don't want to give it away. I think you should I just think enjoy. I, I
1: think I know who it is, but
0: okay. do you? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. <laughs> well, let's let's listen. Here we go. I will say now, knowing now that she is a theater actress. I do see that a lot in her performance, and her performance is surprisingly nuanced. Easily the best performance of anyone in the movie.
1: No, she's totally the best actress in the movie, and she she absolutely knows it.
0: Yeah. Um, it doesn't. (laughs) She plays crazy. Yeah, she plays crazy very well, and I think she must have played Lady Macbeth at least once. (laughs) Some of it
1: is. you can tell she's a theater actress because of what she does with the fight choreography. Yeah. like there's When a, she winds yeah, up for a slap. There, she's going to slap Adrian King and she just there's wind up, there's follow through. She she wants to be on the pitch at Wimbledon tomorrow. I was going to say, she could hit go. a
0: home run with like, her left hand.
1: Like, like seriously. <laughs> like, if she had actually made contact, she would have taken out a couple teeth. I know. like, like <laughs> Like that was the most she exaggerated. Would have smacked Alice she was into two thousand ten, playing to the back row <laughs> in front of a camera, and it was—it's just beautiful. Oh, poor Alice! She, that
0: that character must have gotten walloped.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I can't imagine. Like with the, again, just like it was so far. Like her, her, her elbow was back behind her head. Like, like it's like. She could have, she
0: she drew her hand so far back, she could have scratched her right butt cheek
1: with her left (laughs) hand. I have seen Cy Young caliber pitchers not pull their arm (laughs) back back, back. that far. It is just absolutely insane. (laughs) Which is funny because since it's a different actor playing the killer and a different actor playing Mrs. Voorhees. I know. Like, there's a sequence in here where, you know... Poor Annie gets an axe to the face, and the axe comes up very slowly. No, uh, it is Annie. Is it Annie? No, you're right. I'm
0: sorry. Annie is the first girl girl who dies. Yeah, no, I'm sorry.
1: See, I'm so excited I'm forgetting people's names. (laughs) No, but when Marcy gets an axe to the face, like, you can see, like, the axe goes up really slowly, but it only ever goes up, like... Maybe halfway for what you would expect someone to lift an axe to. <laughs> but yeah, no, when she slaps Alice, it is like <laughs> she has let she's letting it all go on Alice's face. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like Marcy, it's like minimal effort. <laughs> Alice, it's like, like she's ready to go.
0: It's like a Super Mario wind up. That that I think is going to be the name of the episode when she slaps Alice. <laughs> she lets it go all over Alice's face. My, that was a much different movie in 1980. Double
1: entendre, yeah. <laughs> phrasing. Are we still doing phrasing? My goodness.
0: I was starting to worry there for a second yeah, that we weren't going like... to say who it was about. I was like, oh, maybe we should have introduced this differently. <laughs> it was, of course, about uh, Mrs. Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Mama part Pam. one. Mama Pam 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 uh and and her famous wind-up because she apparently was a star pitcher um and and it didn't occur to me at the time but listening back to it I was like oh her name is Alice it's like bang zoom like there was definitely a honeymooners joke in there that we just were not paying attention to and speaking of crazy parents um we happen to have one. Yes, we do. <laughs> I know we brought up Dad earlier, and it it just wouldn't be right if we didn't uh, give you another one. So we're going to give you another little funny moment with Dad. Uh, this was... This was one of my. This is one of those moments where it's like this is something we t- talk about privately, and so to talk about it on the podcast, I was like, "Oh no, I may be opening a can of worms." But I am so <laughs> glad that we did because uh, I'm glad that we got to talk about Dad's tinfoil cap. Here we go. Yeah, just... There is no blood relation <laughs> to these people, and they are going that to we're be joining aware us. of. We
1: haven't done any tests or anything, and you know.
0: I mean, I never did 23andMe. Did you? I didn't either. I think I have dad like too much programmed in my brain where he's because when all the 23andMe stuff started happening, dad was like, they're gonna sell your DNA information to insurance companies and they're gonna be able to deny you coverage. And I was like, this is one of the few th- conspiracy theories he spouted that I was like, that actually kind of makes sense.
1: <laughs> is that it that it makes sense? Is that like, of all the like nightmare 1984 bullshit that has happened in the last couple of years? This is the one that sticks with me. And I go, I, know. I don't know about
0: that. <laughs> like, I'm still not going to read the like, Apple terms and conditions, but I am not this, going to do 23 of me. This feels
1: like. This feels a little like this could be used in a eugenics-y kind of way. Down that was the road. what I like, thought,
0: and I was like, "This uh, again, total conspiracy theory." I have no way of saying. No, we
1: are that. not saying that Twenty Three and Me participates in eugenics. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it was like that, that, that gathering the data could be could be bad.
0: Yeah, that neurotic part of my brain that was like, mm, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'm gonna take a break.
1: Yeah, from I don't this. need to be I'm, a part of this.
0: Yeah, I, it doesn't appeal to me.
1: It's one of those things. But besides, like the number of people I know who like went and got it done and then were like. I don't accept these results is too high for me to be like what do you mean like there, there are people I know who like got it and like you know people who thought they were like 100% Italian or like 100% something and then they find out they've got like a little Dutch in there somewhere and they have a meltdown <laughs> so it's like I, I don't I you don't mean know. like, dad? Yeah. <laughs> like if dad dad we're ev- French like if no, dad ever not, figured out Italian. that we were actually French yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: He really refuses to believe it. He really refuses, refuses. and we're like, "Dad, the name
1: alone proves it." Our last name, literally translated from Italian, means from a specific region in France. Yeah. (laughs) So it it would stem to reason that back there somewhere, there's some French. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I'm gonna
0: say that's the thing that brings me joy today. Yeah, (laughs) proving to dad that that we're partially French. French. Poor dad. We, I, I, I will never pass up an opportunity to make his blood boil.
1: <laughs> Some Someday we've actually had like one or two people ask for dad to be on here. I know. And I'm like, I really honest to God don't know if he would. Do. <laughs> like, so guys, it's not that we're not listening to you. It's that like, <laughs> I, I don't even know don't how know to broach plausible. that conversation. Like. Like, it might be easier for me to get Alvira Mistress of the Dark on this podcast than it would be for me to get, <laughs> to get Mike.
0: Okay. You know, it's it's funny because there's a part of me that's like, he would never do it. But then there's
1: another smaller part of me that's like... If I catch him in the right mood. If we caught him in, like just the right mood (laughs) he's listening to this right now going, what mood so i cannot be in that mood yeah (laughs)
0: like (laughs) if dad came over and we were like having a really great night like played a few games ate some dinner and then i was like hey guess what slipped some schnapps into his drink (laughs) yeah all the if i was like guess what all the podcast equipment is already set up let's just sit down and talk for a minute maybe i could get him (laughs) to do it but i i'm like oh i don't know i don't know
1: no things that make me happy picturing the scenario in which I could get him on here.
0: It would involve a lot of rope, <laughs> I'm guessing.
1: Or again, schnapps.
0: We leave a trail of those, like, those uh, those butter cookies in yeah. the blue tin. What are they called? Royal Donsk? Yeah, the
1: Royal Donsk. <laughs> you know, the, the tin that you open up and there's never cookies inside. It's only ever, like, sewing bits and bobs. Yeah, and it's, it's your, it's your grandma's
0: junk drawer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It should be noted that we do kind of vindicate him in, in that clip. Poor dad. We have put him through hell. But it's nice to know that every once in a while we can we can say, you know what?
1: There's something we can agree on.
0: Yeah, we're the same brand of crazy. We definitely come from this gene pool. There's something
1: we can agree on and it's that 23andMe is scary.
0: It's very scary. I still haven't done it and I'm not going to. <laughs> And speaking of scary family stories, (laughs) here's one from Barb. Uh, Gia has a question. Gia said, what is the funniest part of growing up together? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) For me, I think it's that, like, things that seemed so serious when we were little are now, like, really funny stories. Like th- we did a lot of stupid shit.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that at the time felt so <clears throat> I don't want to say important, but it was like it just felt different or like it felt like something you really shouldn't have remembered. Like <laughs>
5: oh, You're staring at me. One <laughs> story,
0: one story I always remember particularly was um I don't know how this game started. But oh, I know what you're going to say. We started wrapping each other in blankets <laughs> and then putting a hamper over the person's head. Yeah. And the person had to, like, try to navigate
3: with the... Just so it doesn't seem like a murder, the blanket was, like... It had, like, holes in it. It was, like, one of those, like, knitted Yeah, we weren't, thing. like, suffocating people. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were trying to kill me
0: with a hamper. <laughs> and one time, we wrapped Bob in the... <laughs> Kevin. Because I and I know exactly why he's laughing because it's like I still have a and like clear as day image of this happening. We wrapped Bob in the blanket and put the hamper over his head, and he was like right around. He was like ah ha ha, and we had bunk beds as kids, and so what. We we did it. We we put Bob in all the shit, and he was running, and he knocked into the bunk bed, and he was like, "Ha! Now I know where the bunk bed is," and he like went. I went to lean on it. Okay. He went to he like, lean on it, but did not know exactly where. Left was.
3: <laughs> he literally just—he so just tipped over. Well, no, he literally put one hand on his hip. It was like I know where the bed is, and he stuck out his left arm and then <laughs> just tipped it over <laughs> like. <a top. laughs> It was so funny. It was like straight out of a Mel Brooks movie.
0: (laughs) I was fine. I'll be wondering. It was
3: hysterical.
0: Bob is pretty well known for his... (laughs) Uh, ridiculous antics in our family.
1: <laughs> I mean, is it Bob's antics or is it you and Kevin's antics more in this ridiculous well, situation? It's kind of
0: 50-50. In some instances, we put him in bad situations. But in other instances, it's all his own doing. Like, he <laughs> willfully goes into these, <laughs> like these situations. Like, the situation with the blanket, it was like... And the hamper. He knew what he was getting into. He just made a very... A uh, miscalculated effort. or A, a miscalculated <laughs> mistake. <laughs> I remember him hitting the ground like a bag of bricks. Um, that said, in that same episode, we got a funny story about Kevin. <laughs> yes, we did. I think you'll like it. Here we go.
3: Like, so, I'm not going to say The Exorcist, because The Exorcist did not really... Well, well it scared me. Like mm-hmm. it, But... It was either the second one or the third one. I can't remember, but it was, like, one of the next Exorcists that, like, nobody watched. Um, But in one of them, there's this one scene with this nurse. And... Is that the third one? I it think is. it's the third one. Where she like one? goes running across the hall. She comes What? she comes she goes into a room like there's like it's ten minutes down this hall <laughs> that it's like focused on and like nothing's happening and you're just waiting for the jump scare jump scare and it never comes. And then finally at one point she walks into a room and then she comes out and there's this like weird thing in a sheet and it's got like I, I can't remember if it was like a hammer or a knife and it kills her. But like it just comes like it just zooms in right at that second and it comes walking out and then it cuts away and there's like this oh. weird scream. And for some reason for a year and a half every friggin night I would have a dream with that scene in it and it just scared the shit out of me
0: and you've spent the most time of any of us in like hospital rooms
3: <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs>
0: you've just, I mean, luckily you've recovered from everything, but luckily.
3: <laughs> He's still here. You made it sound like he was, like, put away for a while. <laughs> we no, don't talk about that in, like a <laughs> padded room. I mean, like, you didn't have padded room. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. He'll tell her. it. It uh, was punishment. Oh, my I God. That's, that's the truth. You had to go to the quiet room for two hours. Like Really? That, yeah, when I was at Summit Oaks. Um. you understand you're volunteering this I know I did not, I, try, I tried Never. to save you I'm not this embarrassed like, this, <laughs> isn't, this isn't a mini-sode it's an expose
0: I know. well it's also not a mini-sode
3: anymore <laughs> <laughs> we're, at, we're at like an hour seven sorry seriously, Like I'm not embarrassed like I, I went to a mental hospital for two weeks and at one point I got a little uppity and yelled at somebody and I had to go into timeout, and I went into a padded room <laughs> Who did you yell at? One of the nurses, because Was she coming at you with a knife? <laughs> no. No, there was this I hey I Hey lady, stop it. I, I won't say I won't say any names just to obviously protect other people's identities who were in the hospital, but there was this one kid who he and I shared a bathroom and he was in the other room and he was insane. Like most of us were there because like we were like here we are. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand, like we, uh, most of us were there because like we had behavioral problems, like we were acting out at home, stuff like that, like nothing big. This kid was having Yu-Gi-Oh fights in his head, and um, like literally Yu-Gi-Oh fights in his head, and we were just <laughs> making them. That- no, no, this is really a thing. And one one day, because uh, like obviously, was like Donna, like it's a it's a mental hospital. There's like there's doors to the rooms, but they never close. Um, so, <laughs> what's the truth <laughs> You can't close your door. It's like having new girl fights in their hands with doors. <laughs> There's a kid so- who used to eat squirrels <laughs> raw. Yeah. <laughs> But here's the thing, like, so, like, one morning I woke up and he was, like, standing over me and I was really scared, like, and and so I called the one nurse and I was like, you need to get rid of him. And she's like, I can't restrain him. I have to get somebody else. I was like, he needs to get the fuck out of my room. (laughs) Like, because he's, like, literally, like, staring at me and, like, he used to just, like, growl at people. Like, he was not... And so her and I got into a fight because I want her to get rid of him. So I went to the padded room for two two hours.
0: I'm still mad that you told on me. What
1: What can I do to to solve solve the problem?
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair to Kevin. Yes. I do think... That we all, at some point in our lives, deserved to be put in a padded room. (laughs) (laughs) At least once. (laughs) At least once. Um, And if there's one moment that strikes me as, like, one of our... Well, we weren't being crazy, but this was one of the crazier moments that we ever talked about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. It was from... Do you remember our conversation about Season of the Witch?
1: A little bit. Not, not oh, completely. I remember
0: it vividly. And this was one of the funnier moments because it's like, it was so fucking crazy. It was like, I remember watching the movie and being like, what the flying fuck? <laughs> this is, this is a scene about large Marge. Here we go.
1: Intercut with, with next door uh Marge. Marge, was it Marge, large Marge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she has she is a mask she is a store owner and came to buy more masks yeah and, and that's
1: kind of all you really need to know about Marge. it's all that's necessary it's all that they say so, so it's she,
0: <laughs> she gets a mask and the the little medallion that says uh silver shamrocks the c- the company name yeah. falls off the mask and she's investigating it and realizes there's a chip in the back so while the other two are fucking in a teddy next door <laughs> She's like poking this thing with a, with a bobby pin. And then all of a sudden.
1: This is the funniest thing <laughs> that happened in the entire movie.
0: She, her head lights up like a fucking jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> it was like, it was like someone lit a, it, it, it was like high beams in her face. She was yeah. just like. Bah. and She got snazered. She got
1: snazered. <laughs> Marge got snazered. We got to get the hell out of here. But it like melts her face. It melts like her like her a mouth singular and eyes. And like a singular bug crawls out.
0: One wasp, like an, a huge wasp, crawls out of her mouth and then like goes into her hair. <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: it was very strange. And
0: then the song starts playing again. <laughs> Marge did get snazered. She did. She got snazered. She got tasered. <laughs> she got all kinds of lasered. <laughs> Uh, Poor Marge. I did love large Marge.
1: Yeah, no, she was one of the better parts of that movie, actually.
0: Yeah, one of the more enjoyable parts. She was kind of the one likable person in it, <laughs> uh, considering who was next door. <laughs> and speaking of uh, notable appearances in yes. this movie... I think we have to talk about Richard.
1: Yes, clearly.
0: <laughs> Leave this cat. Oh, there was one other cameo I wanted to talk about, and I almost forgot. What? In the beginning, when yes. the guy gets his the bridge of his nose, he gets the kill with his nose. Yeah. That assassin.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a cameo. It was.
0: It's a, it's a cameo in the Halloween series. This is a cameo. He is played by the one and only Dick Warlock. <laughs> That's why it's called Season of the Witch, it's the return of the Dick Witch. <laughs> the
1: Dick Witch is back. You broke Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now our good friend Dick Warlock makes dick an Warlock. appearance. <laughs> my it's god we're gonna get the explicit name.
0: sticker just for saying dick it warlock This has
1: to be a sage name his name can't seriously be richard warlock
0: richard. <laughs> <laughs> and his parents were like yeah dick warlock what's weird about that why is everyone laughing <laughs> of course he's a backup dancer for janet jackson why wouldn't he be
1: you cannot name a child Richard if your last name is Warlock. You,
0: like, if your last name is, is most, most things. things. <laughs> I do kind of wonder if he was <laughs> tormented in school.
1: I just. In Hollywood, you can have whatever name you want. <laughs> And he picked Dick Warlock. And I don't know if he was born to it, came to it f- honestly, or had it thrust upon him.
0: Oh. <laughs> he, he had I, Dick thrust upon him.
1: See, I was trying to do Shakespeare. I was trying uh, to bring a level of culture and sophistication. And I it.
0: brought it right and back you to the it bar. right back. <laughs> And I was sitting here like, I could just imagine him walking into an audition room and being like, hello, my name is Dick Warlock and I'll be reading from Oedipus. (laughs) Why is everyone laughing? (laughs) Poor Dick Warlock. He had a, he probably had a rough go of it, but I I think he came out on top. (laughs) was that too on the nose
1: (laughs) a little bit yeah
0: that was large marge on the nose yeah that's all right uh you know there's one other person i can think of who uh had it a little rough um and i'm almost sad to say that this is our our final clip of the of the episode um we are going to close with one of my personal favorites and one that i think a lot of people really enjoyed this is uh a clip from a patreon exclusive minisode uh (laughs) this was uh, someone asked us what is the craziest thing that ever happened to you on stage and this was one of the funniest stories i've ever had happen to me on stage and i'm gonna close out the show with it because i think it's probably just about the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed this this little clip show we did for you. We hope that as crazy as 2020 was, that 2021 will be twice as crazy. <laughs> that's, that's my hope for you. At least we'll have some fun stories. Uh, we hope you guys had a really happy new year, a happy holiday season. And uh, we're going to leave you with this fun little story from our mini-sode that was Unsolved Mysteries Season 2, Episode 2. This was the craziest thing that has ever happened to me on stage. Oh, no. (laughs) Jackie says, Pissy, what's the worst thing that's ever happened during a performance? Could be an unruly audience member, technical difficulties, anything. Um, this really depends on one factor, which is, are we talking specifically my time on stage in drag or in general, even in my life before drag? Because if we're including life before drag, I have a favorite onstage mishap that happened. (laughs) While I was doing summer stock in New Hampshire. And it is my favorite story to tell about onstage mishaps.
1: Have I ever told you this story? I think you might have, but go right ahead.
0: I'm going to just on my own decide that we're including all onstage mishaps and not just in drag. When I was in college, I was very lucky to be cast in a summer stock uh, season up in New Hampshire. It was the Mount Washington Valley Theater Company, which sadly I don't think exists anymore. But I I was in a show uh, called Blood Brothers. Do you know Blood Brothers? No. Good, because it's fucking terrible. Like this show is the worst piece of shit, garbage, hot flaming like butt fuck of a show you have ever <laughs> ever seen in your entire life and people what is it about love it who knows <laughs> i did i did the perfor- i did that show for two <laughs> weeks and don't i've like who cares there's like 14 reprises of a song called marilyn monroe and it's just the main character being like i wish i was marilyn monroe and it's like okay we fucking get it move on next song thanks but basically it's about it's a melodrama it's a it's an english melodrama called okay. blood brothers and it's about these two guys who are like twins but they don't know it because they were separated at birth and they end up like their stories intertwine as adults and they don't know it until it's like too late um but the the mishap that <laughs> that is my favorite thing that has ever happened to me on stage is uh, there's a song in the second act when the first act is all kids. And then the second act, all the people who are playing kids are playing adults. Okay. And the two brothers are working for this uh, company. And they, again, don't know their brothers. Uh, and there's a song called... it. It's something like It's Just Another Sign of the Times. And basically what happens is it's kind of Depression-era... Uh, London, so everyone's getting laid off, and the the whole song is that the boss is uh, dictating these like pink slips to his secretary Miss Jones, mm-hmm. and what would happen is he would sing the song. It was it, he would always sing the same thing. It was like, uh, "Take a letter, Miss Jones. We regret to inform you." And it was like, um, when they said your character's name, you would walk up and they would hand you the pink slip, and then you'd walk upstage, which is the back of the stage, for those of you who don't know, and you would get on the quote unquote uh, unemployment line. And so this happened like over and over and over and over, and all that, like literally the entire fucking ensemble gets fired in this number. <clears throat> and the big joke is that at the end of the. Uh, at the end of the song, the boss dictates Miss Jones's pink slip to her, <laughs> and she has to like write out her own pink slip. And then she realizes it's her, she gets fired. And then what happens is she takes the pink slip upstage to the unemployment line, and everyone in the line is like, Get out of here! We don't like you! Blah, 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 blah. Like, we all like give her shit and send her to the back of the line. Now, <laughs> One night on stage, Miss Jones was played by uh, a a person who I have stayed friends with for a long time. Uh, we've done several shows together outside of just that summer stock moment. Um, her name is Courtney, and Courtney is wonderful. I love her to death. And one night, she took the pink slip, and um, she walked up stage to the unemployment line. We were like, get out of here! No likes you! And they're still singing the song up in the front and it goes into this like kind of um this like soft bridge and when she when everyone tells her to get the fuck out of here miss jones like walks to the edge of the stage and there's a staircase there a a short staircase that goes down into the audience but the front of the audience is the pit where all the musicians are and she's supposed to go to the edge of the stage uh and sit like dejectedly on the staircase (laughs) and when she does that the entire uh the entire unemployment line turns around and faces away from the audience uh while we're singing these like oohs and then we come back in with a cannon at the end where we go it's just another sign of the times but we keep coming in over each other it's just another it's just another it's just another and so one night courtney got dejected she went to the edge of the stage and just as i'm about to turn to look upstage <laughs> I see her, like, lurch forward, (laughs) throw herself back, and then dive (laughs) face first down the stairs. And she rolls, like, bouncing down the stairs towards the orchestra pit. (laughs) And the last thing I see as I'm turning around is Courtney grab the lip of the stage... (laughs) And our, our orchestra conductor, his name was Ben, was sitting right there playing the piano. And I just see her. I see her mouth to Ben. Help me. And then rolls like she's in a barrel down the rest of the stairs. So I turn and face up stage because that is the valiant human that I am. And we're all standing, everyone in the line is like, we're all standing there and we're like, what the fuck just happened to Courtney? And so the song is still going. Like he's still singing. The the piano never stopped for the record bin. And Courtney is now I assume a, a pile of bones in the orchestra. And so the that goes into the canon where we all come back in with the, it's just another, it's just another, it's just another. But I, as soon as I saw Courtney falling down the stairs, started to laugh. <laughs> so I'm literally like, everyone's like ooing facing upstage. And my friend Nico, who was my roommate on uh, that summer, was standing right next to me, and I can see him, like, looking at me from the corner of his eye, like, kind of giggling, and I am full-on silent laughing. Like, my shoulders are just <laughs> bouncing. Like, I'm trying desperately to look like a real human being at this pu- at this moment. And so... <laughs> The canon starts and I hear people going, it's just another, it's just another, it's just another, it's just another. And then it gets to my moment to come back in on the canon. It's like, it's just another, it's just another. And then I come in and it's like, it's just another. <laughs> like, literally could not make noises because I am <laughs> laughing at my friend who has committed suicide in the audience. <laughs> um. After that was over, I went backstage and found Courtney. And she looked like she had been hit by a fucking train. (laughs) Her legs were swollen and bruised and she had tears running down her face. But she was like laugh crying. Like she knew how funny (laughs) it was, but she was in pain. And I felt so bad. But I was like, Courtney, that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. It was... Undoubtedly, like my favorite memory from ever being on stage. And I'm so sorry that it came at Courtney's expense, but it is the best thing that has ever happened to me my spooky gay family features music by nate walker artwork by david alon and this episode contains clips from my spooky gay family distributed by barbara dual productions 2020 please subscribe on itunes leave us a nice message and follow us on facebook instagram twitter and patreon my spooky gay family is a product of barbara dual productions